Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. Go with me, if you will, to Matthew chapter 13. And um, if you can handle it one more week, one more week, I want to stay in kind of the theme, the frame of mind, the series, if you will, although we didn't necessarily call it a series, it's turned into one. And we have been taking a look through the gospels, really, of what Jesus had to say about a seed bearing fruit, a seed being productive. And um, we started in week one, the week before Easter, and we saw that there is a treasure in a field. Amen? So there's a treasure in a field, but you don't really value the treasure until you buy the field. And so many times we want the treasure without the dirt. We want the stuff that everybody wants, but you know, sometimes you to to get what everybody wants, you've got to do what nobody wants to do. And um, so we want to go in not just trying to dig up treasure, not just trying to discover the stuff that we want, but recognizing that we've got to take ownership of all of it. We've got to have value for all of it. That man that found that treasure in the field, he did what? He went and sold all that he had and bought the entire field. So we recognize that anytime you want something uh, or anytime you place value on something in your life, you will make an exchange for it. Amen? You'll make an exchange. If you want something precious, you've got to give up something that's precious to you. And God did that through his son, amen? To get more sons, he did what? Gave a son, planted a son, sowed a son. He gave up what was most valuable to him to get more of what he wanted. And so we saw that in week one. In week two, week two was Easter, and we discovered that Jesus was not buried. He was planted. Burying something and planting something may look the same, may, may take on a lot of the same similar uh, 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 you know, appearances, but we recognize that he said, unless the seed falls to the ground and dies, it cannot bear fruit. It cannot be productive. It cannot produce. And so sometimes in our lives, we think that we've been buried, but we must recognize that we've actually been planted, planted with a purpose, planted with an intention, planted with a desire to see fruit and to see something produced from that. So I don't just want to be buried. I want to be planted. I don't know about you, but, but I, will, I will accept I will accept the pressures of life and I will accept uh, uh, the times of obscurity where no one notices anything. I'll accept the times where it feels like I'm underneath it all, buried under it all, but I recognize I'm not buried. I've been planted and I'm, I'm eventually, if I stay the course, will break through the ground and begin to produce and harvest, amen? In week three, we saw that the farmer sows the seed he goes to sleep, awakes in the morning, and there is a harvest. You begin to see uh, the, the sprouting of the crop coming through the ground, and uh, he doesn't know how. And so many times, our next question, once we end up in a scenario in our lives where we've been planted or where we recognize, okay, 
uh, uh, God's doing a work in my life. There's potential within me. He's, he's, he's put me in a situation that's going to allow that to develop and, 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 and grow. I may not know how it happens, but the how's not up to me. I've just got to stay the course. But the two things I'm responsible for are sowing and reaping. The farmer you saw there uh, was responsible for putting the seed in the ground, sowing the seed. And then he was responsible for reaping or harvesting the crop once it began to spring forth. And so many times what happens in our lives is we neglect what we are supposed to do because we're focused on what we're not supposed to do. Don't we do this? It's not your job to change their heart. It's just your job to forgive. Come on. It's not your job to cure the sickness. It's your job to believe in his healing power and allow him to work in your body on his timetable. Sow the seed. And so many times we're asking for a tree, but we don't want to sow the seed. And what is not planted cannot produce. If I never put the seed in the ground, I cannot rightfully expect a harvest, amen, from seed that I've never planted. Last week, we saw that there is a process to production, amen? The process to production, we saw that first we must become planted, rooted. That means to become fixed. The planting process allows the producing if we don't plant, if we don't become rooted, if we don't become fixed, then we cannot expect a harvest. We can't expect fruit. And many times, I see people do this so many times, we uproot right before the season to harvest. We pull out, why? Because the pressure to abandon is the greatest when you're the closest to producing what is inside of you. So we're helping people understand you've got to stay planted. But then there's the producing stage. There's the stage where we begin to give fruit. We begin to bear fruit. And when we see that fruit come out, we got to recognize the fruit's not for us. It's for someone else. The tree doesn't bear fruit for itself. The tree bears fruit to give away to others. Amen. So there's the producing, but it's not for you. It's for somebody else. Who is your fruit impacting? It's a good question to ask ourselves. Who is your fruit impacting? Who's it changing? How is your world different because you're giving away the fruit off of your tree? Amen. And then we saw the third stage there was the pruning. That even once we produce fruit, once we even reach that uh, mature uh, maturation stage where we're producing fruit, now there's the cutting back. Why? So I can produce more. I've got to be pruned. I'm not done yet. Look at your neighbor, say, I'm not done yet. Look at them, say, I'm not done yet. Come on, they're sitting right next to you. You don't have to holler, yell, nothing. You just look right them in the eyes and say, I'm not done yet. And now look at the other neighbor and say, and neither are you. You're not done yet either. We all have to be pruned, amen, for the glory of God. So allow God to cut back, eliminate, get the waste off. If you wanna go to the next level, then you've gotta cut off stuff at this level that will allow you to get to the next level. Amen. Okay. So this week, I want to talk about environmental protection. Environmental protection. I'm not an activist. I'm not one of those green guys. I really don't know a whole lot about agriculture as it is, so I kind of feel silly the last several weeks ministering about agriculture. 
but I'm, I hope that I'm helping you see some principles that can be applied naturally that can help you, uh, your, help you in your development spiritually. You know, that's what Jesus was doing through these stories, through these parables, uh, when he's relating the kingdom of God and the word of God in these principles. He's talking to a group of people that, that uh, uh, he's trying to relate to. He's trying to bring the kingdom of heaven into a terminology, into a thought process, into a mindset that they can relate to so that it can be applied. The worst thing I could do up here is, and uh, the worst thing I could do is get up here and just talk to hear myself talk. No, I have to communicate in such a way, and the Holy Spirit helps me with this, that it ministers to you, not to me. It ministers to you, not above you or over you. Amen. And so the Holy Spirit, and I, I get so many uh, uh, opportunities to, to talk with several of you, uh, you know, after service or maybe during the week or maybe later on. And you'll say, man, I don't know how you do it, but that message was right for me. That message was right at me. That message was exactly what I needed to hear. That's not me. That's the Holy Spirit. I'm not that smart, but I've heard people say the Holy Spirit, he'll make you look smart. The Holy Spirit will make you seem smart. And I'll go, I'll go with it because I don't know what you need on my own ability, but the Holy Spirit does. And so he's taking these words, he's taking these scriptures, he's taking and he's wanting to give you a picture of something that you can apply in your life because the word that is not applied will not produce. A word that is not applied will not produce. Amen. So we've got to put it into practice. Well, how are you going to practice it if you don't understand it? You ever tried doing something you don't understand? You ever built something from Ikea? I gotta have understanding before I can do it, before I can apply it. Apparently in Sweden, they don't use words. They just use pictures of a big round guy and, uh, you know, with an X over what not to do and a circle around what you're supposed to do. Anybody that's built anything from Ikea knows what I'm talking about. The rest of you just nod your head and smile. But in Matthew chapter 13, I want us to see another picture here, starting with, uh, let's start with verse 1. This is the parable of the sower. And uh, many of us are familiar with this, and I believe it'll be a great way to wrap up these series of messages. Matthew chapter 13, verse 1. On the same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea. And great multitudes were gathered together to him, so that he got into a boat and sat And the whole multitude stood on the shore. And then he spoke many things to them in a parable, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up and they were scorched, and because they had no root, they were withered away. Have you ever heard someone kind of give you just the basic, I mean, we should all know this as far as plants. You probably should have learned this in elementary school. What are some basic things that a plant needs to live and to survive? Uh, We know that we need proper soil. We know that we need water. And uh, what would be one of the other ones? Sunlight. It's amazing when we're not in the right environment, the thing that is supposed to help you will harm you. 
They got scorched by the sun because they weren't in the right place at the right time. Isn't that interesting? But sun is good for you if you're in the right place. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground. I said others fell on good ground. So that implies that the other three were not good ground. That's the implication. The first three, not good. If it was an Ikea manual, it would have an X. You got me. Joseph's got me down there. And then we'd have a big circle around this ground. Fell on good ground. And what yielded a crop? Some a hundredfold, some 60, and some 30. And then he says this, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. You know, I'm so thankful for my mom. And my mom is uh, back in Texas, so I'll be giving her a phone call later on. Uh, But I'm so thankful for my mom. And one of the most amazing things that I'm thankful for my mom for that uh, she was so intentional with with our family as we were growing up um, was our environment. Uh, She was very careful about me and my brother and what we heard and what we saw and what we were around and the friendships we had and the the environments that we were surrounded by. Number one, she kept us in the word. Uh, Number two, she kept us in church. Uh, And when I, I I don't mean those two are the same thing. You know those two are not the same thing. Some of us don't know the word outside of church. Amen. No, the word is something that you've got to maintain whether or not you're in this building or not. Amen. Amen. No, we've got to be in the word continually. And so she had us in the word. I remember memorizing scripture at a young age. I think I was about seven years old and I had memorized all of Psalm 91, a powerful chapter about the protection uh, uh, and, and uh, you know, the Lord going before you with the Lord surrounding you. Uh, no matter what comes against you, it cannot harm you. A thousand fall to your left, 10,000 to your right, but it will not come nigh your dwelling. Uh, uh, so she, she had us in the word. I was raised in church. I've, I'll be 36 in a, in a couple of weeks. Uh, and so I've been in church 36 years and nine months. As long as I, probably the very next week, I was in a physical building after I was born. Um, and, and thank God for that. Uh, many people would probably look at my childhood uh, and call it sheltered or, or call it, uh, uh, you know, um, I, I didn't get to get out and sense all the things of the world. There was a lot of things that I learned when I got out on my own and figured out, uh, you know, on my own, probably when I was a lot older than most other kids. And it, it, it's amazing to me. Uh, the things that children have to engage with and uh, have to address at such a young age. I remember when we were children's pastors in St. Augustine, Florida, uh, uh, down there, well, I guess that was about 11, 12 years ago now, uh, you know, we had to deal with some issues with eight and nine-year-olds that I would have never even thought of as a high schooler. 
things that they had to work through. I, I can't imagine an eight-year-old having to process this stuff and then grow through it because there's some things in life that you just don't need yet. The prodigal son is a story of a young man that got something that was rightfully his. It belonged to him and there was a plan and a purpose for it, but he wasn't ready. He didn't need it. He needed to come to understand the provision of his father before he understood his inheritance. I don't want to know what my father has for me until I know who he is to me. Because now God just becomes the person that fixes all my stuff. And without relationship, I don't want just what God can give to me. I want who he is to me and who he will continually be, regardless if I have that or not. I want his provision, not just his inheritance. Amen. And so the, 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 the things that uh, mothers, and this is just kind of a maternal feature, is to guard and to protect and to cover. You know, I think of fathers, and the father uh, uh, is the one that teaches the child how to defend and, and how to guard and protect themselves and others. But the mother is the one that protects for the child, guards for the child. And part of that is, is setting up boundaries, setting up guidelines. And guys, we are entering an environment, we're entering a culture that disregards environment. We are entering and have become a society that neglects any thought to what I'm surrounded by, what comes in my ears, what comes in my eyes. I mean, if I told you some of the things, I mean, I wasn't allowed to do a lot of things. Some of it because they were overprotective. That Josh Clay, we got Josh and Danny in the house and uh, Josh is helping us lead worship this morning. They're in the house here. This is Pastor Caleb's older, smaller brother. <laughs> Better looking. I'll, I'll, you can claim that. I'm not gonna give that to you. I did not say it. He's gonna edit it. He's got the software. Pastor Mark said it. Tweet it. Uh. Josh is, is familiar with, with an upbringing that, that was guarded. Music, movies, places we went, things we watched, things we did not have access to. And I'm sure my parents in the 90s thought they had it hard, but compared to today, I mean, I didn't have a phone or a device. I mean, we have to be careful with our son, not because he'll do it intentionally, but because he'll come upon it unintentionally and that will do just as much damage as if he meant to see it. In fact, most of the stuff that young children become entrapped in or that they remain trapped in for years into their 30s, 40s, 50s, some of them deal with stuff in their 60s that they accidentally did as a nine-year-old. If you think that someone has the desire to go after it, to really fall entrapped into it, you are sadly mistaken. And today, what we have is more traps than ever before. 
What we have today is ease of access. And when access becomes easier, the result becomes more dangerous. When access becomes easier, the result becomes more dangerous. Some of the things that we have created to ease our lives, make our lives simpler, do things quicker, and sure, hey, they may, they may produce, they, that, they, may, they may help us in that aspect, but, but a lot of it has brought in negative results rather than positive. And so we have this need, using this parable here, to protect our environment. Here's what we know. From this parable, we recognize that environment, and I believe that we have these points, environment will compromise growth. Environment will compromise growth. Look, we've spent several weeks now discovering the value of a seed. And I want you to understand that God always brings you what you need in seed form. Come on, we've covered this now. This is our fifth week. We should be there. You should be able to finish that sentence for me. God always brings us what we need in seed form. Not in a mature state, not in a completed state, not in a finished product. God, just give me my result. No, he's gonna give you something to work with. He's gonna give you something that you're gonna have to put in the ground, or you're gonna have to piece it together, or you're gonna have to work it. He gives you the ingredients, not the finished product. This is how God operates. And so by now, you should have value for the seed. The seed represents potential. The the seed represents power of not what it is, but what it can be and will be if you handle it properly. We've discovered that if you mismanage the seed, you will mismanage the tree. If you won't take care of a seed, you won't take care of a tree. If you won't take care of of $25,000 a year, steward it well, honor God with it, then forget calling in $250,000. You'll do the same. See, maturity doesn't, maturity has nothing to do with what you have. Maturity has to do with how you handle what you have. Maturity isn't, I'll be mature when I have $250,000. No, maturity is, this is how I handle 25. And because I handle the 25 properly, I'll be, I'll have proven myself faithful to manage more. We think maturity is this scale of of what we have or what is in our hands. No, no, no. It's a scale of how you handle it or what you do with it. And so we recognize that there's power in the seed. There's potential in the seed. The seed carries a tree. There's a forest inside of a seed. One seed has the potential, the capacity to produce a forest. That's how God destined this thing. That's how God designed this thing. But now I want to shift our focus today to not what is in the seed, but I want to shift our focus to what the seed is in. 
Because what I know is that if I don't guard what the seed is in, I will compromise what is in the seed. If I don't guard what the seed is in, I will compromise what is in the seed. So many times, and I, and I see this as a pastor, and I see this, uh, 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 you know, in, in culture, in, in society. That's why I said our culture today devalues environment, but here's what they still want. They still want to see the potential of the seed produced. They still have a desire for the same result, but just in a different environment. This is not, you know, we call it the parable of the sower. In fact, my Bible, it's a New King James Bible. And at the very top of Matthew chapter 13 uh, in verse one, at the very top of that is a little header that states the parable of the sower. But it's really not the parable of the sower. It's the parable of the soil. It's the parable of the the soil. Because the only thing that changes, here's what remains constant in all four elements. The seed and the sower. The sower didn't do anything different in example number one and example number two and example number three and example number four. The sower did what? Sowed. That's what a sower does. He's the sower. So therefore he is sowing and sowing is not throwing. Sowing is intentional. Sowing, oh, let's hope this does something. Hope that produces, hope we see a crop here. I hope these seeds are good. No, no, no. Because then what's the second thing that remains constant? The seed. The seed is in every example, all four of them. But we have a 25% Productivity rate. We have a 25% chance that we're going to see the crop or the harvest that we desire. I can promise you that the, the, the sower isn't throwing seed on the ground saying, all right, birds, here you go. This is for you. All right, here's some seed. And, and it, you know, I don't care if it gets enough root. It doesn't have enough depth. You know, well, let's see what it does. All right, here's some thorns uh, and, and, and some things to choke it out over here. But, but let's, let's just see what it can do. And here's the good, he's not testing this thing. He has the desire in all four capacities, all four examples, to see a crop. That's the end goal. The origin is the seed. The result is a crop. That's what we want to see. But what changes in each of the examples that we have is the environment it is in. We have a necessity to give intentionality to what is surrounding the seed that we're sown in. And it's so dangerous to demand a product when we have planted in, in when, when we have planted or sown into an environment that is contrary to the growth of the development of what's inside. Amen. What the seed is in can compromise what is in the seed. Now, this is what I understand. The environment you want may not always be the environment you need. The environment you want 
may not always be the environment you need. Now, this takes us back to week two when we talk about Jesus being planted. You know, we don't want Jesus buried in a grave. His disciples didn't want Jesus to be crucified. His disciples didn't want him to be uh, beaten, mocked, uh, uh, you know, lied about, uh, uh, and then eventually killed, eventually murdered, eventually put to death over accusations that were not true. If anything, he was the one man that had never sinned. This is the one man that had never done any harm. This is the one man that never done anything that they were saying he did. But he stood there silently before his accusers like a lamb at the slaughter, not saying a word, allowed the crucifixion process to take place so that resurrection, because you can't have resurrection without crucifixion. What I know is that many times the trials and the struggles and the challenges that I may face in life, they may be the very environment that God is using to develop me. But this is the problem we have is we think that the dirt is gonna destroy us. But I'm here to tell you today that the dessert, that the dirt, not the dessert, the dirt is designed to develop you, not destroy you. The thing you thought that would break you is actually the thing that made you. The thing that you thought buried you is actually the thing that gave birth to you. I know that a seed needs soil. I know that a seed needs dirt. But it's not what we want that develops us. It's what we need. It's what we need. I wonder what are the things that we are buried in. I'm taking you back a little bit. that God is using to produce his glory, that God is using to advance his purpose, that God is using to develop your character. See, I always, I always know this, that anything that's happening to me can be for me. Anything that is happening to me can be used even if it's something that I already have victory over. I'm not saying that God brings sickness and disease. Obviously not. I'm not saying that God brings challenges and trials into your life. No way. God is a good God. He wants good things for you. But we live in a world that we are suppressed and that we have things that come against us. And God knows how to work it out for his glory, for your purpose, according to and for those that are called and chosen according to his purpose. Those that love God. That's what Romans chapter eight tells me. I recognize that there are qualifications. I recognize that I have to become a candidate. Number one, I've got to love God. And I recognize number two, I've got to be called according to his purpose. But if I fit the parameter, if I qualify, then I can look at any struggle or challenge in my life and I can chalk it up to my development. I can recognize that I can be better on the other side of this thing. I can recognize that God is for me, not against me. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. But in the midst of it, God's doing a work in me that only he can do. And so... What you think might be 
burying you might be growing you. The dirt is a dark place. The dirt is an obscure place. When I think about moms, you know, we easily give the superhero title to dads. But when I think about moms, they're the behind the scenes superheroes. They're the ones that do so much work that is never seen, never noticed, but we see the result of it. I mean, every, every mother in this place knows what it feels like to be a seed in soil, in dirt, in a dark place where it's, where it's dirty and it's grimy. I mean, you know, one of the greatest things about my wife is she will be there when Camden is throwing up because I won't. And if, what, if it weren't for her, he'd be all by himself. And he'd clean it up all by himself. I don't even want to hear it. That's how bad it is. Am I right? I've come close to leaving the house. I'm winning dad points right now. But my wife, man, she's right there with them. She's right there. Now, of course, I would do it if I had to. But I'm thankful I don't have to because my wife is super mom. She's there with the dirty stuff. She's there with the stuff that I may never notice. Camden may never notice. I'll even go a step further as the mom of this house that there are things that happen throughout this facility and throughout these services that you never see, but that she's put her hand to, she's put her attention to, she's put her focus to. She, you could do better than that. She's put her thought to. And there's no award, there's no diploma, there's no walk the stage, there's no uh, grand gesture, there's no highlight, but I can tell you right now, she doesn't do it for that. She doesn't do it for recognition. She doesn't do it to be noticed. And that's what's incredible about this principle. Guys, it's time that we start rejecting what we don't want and only going after what we do want because we have to understand that there are seasons, times of our lives. You wanna talk about being developed in an obscure place. Talk to the, the shepherd boy, David. King David, who ran back to a shepherd field because my development isn't, the assignment's been given, but the, but the development is a process. I said the assignment can be given, but the development is a process. So many times, was the second we get assigned, the second we see the purpose, the second we see the end goal, the, the result, we want to jump right to the end. And God's saying, I'm preparing you, working you, developing you, growing you, maturing you for that role. If you stepped into that role today, it would break you. This is what I understand about seeds in soil. When a seed is in soil, it's more invested in taking in than giving away. 
Now, the ultimate goal is to become a seed. Seed becomes a tree. The tree bears fruit. The fruit now contains more seed, and you end up producing to give away. But unless the seed is placed in the soil, takes root, and takes in what it needs, then it will not be able to grow into a tree to give anything away. So many times we become more focused on what we're doing than who we're being. In the process of doing what God's called you to do, are we being who God's called us to be? That, that, that's on the inside. That's the stuff that God wants to work on the inside of us. That's what's happening with this seed. What we understand here is that there is an environment that is conducive for your growth. There's an environment that is conducive for your growth. There is an environment that will aid you in your development. And so many times we focus with what's on the inside while disregarding what's on the outside, what is surrounding us. And we think, we, we think we are sadly mistaken to have the concept that I will produce whatever God has called me to produce in whatever environment. Some of us are, are, are playing with fire. We're in environments that are stronger than what's on the inside of you. I'm not talking about the potential, but I'm talking about the maturity. And if we're not careful, we'll, be, we'll find ourselves in environments that will change who we are rather than develop who we are. Is your environment changing you or are you changing the environment? Because when that seed begins to take root and the sprout, begins to come through and that tree begins to form and is planted in that soil, in that environment, we know this, that the tree now helps its environment. It aids its environment. That field becomes better because the tree is there. And we've made reference to this parable many times throughout this process. But Jesus uh, uh, tells a parable where a master of a vineyard comes to his gardener and says, there's a tree in this vineyard that's not producing anything, hasn't produced anything for a while. I want you to cut it down and uproot it, get it out. It's taking up space. It's taking up space. When we allow our environment to change who we are rather than change our environment, we're just taking up space. You're just taking up space. Are you just taking up space at your job? Are you just taking up space with your family? Are you just taking up space in your community? Or are you giving back? Are you, are you contributing to? Are you, are you just a spectator or a participator? Are you just taking up space? So are, are you, have you just grown comfortable and it's convenient and everything's for me and what can you do for me and how, what do you have for me? Or are you recognizing I have something to give away here? I have a way that I can be a blessing. And many times the challenges and problems that you face are the very reason for your existence. The things you complain about are the reasons why you're there. The boss you complain about. 
the challenges and the, the struggles that come with your everyday life or your, uh, uh, the, the, that's your influence. That's your impact on the world. That's your impact on the environment that God's put you in. He's planted you there. He's placed you there for such a time as this to change it. Amen. And so we have to manage our environment. I want to skip on down to uh, verse 18. And Jesus gives us the, so the first time he's just telling the parable, the second time he's talking to his disciples, his disciples come to him uh, and, and his disciples say, hey, what's all this weird stuff you're talking about? Explain this to us. Uh, I don't get it. Why are you talking to them in parables? And then he gives the whole spiel. He says, well, to you, it's been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. Now remember, he was talking to a multitude in verse one. that There was so many people that he had to get out in a boat, sit in a boat to talk to them. Talking to them back on the shore, he's out in the water on a boat. That's how many people there were. But out of all that group, only a handful come back to him and say, what are you talking about? Everybody else is like, good story, great, it's awesome. But see, the disciples were a little more invested than the multitude. And see, the more you're invested, the more you wanna get back. The more you give, the more you wanna return. And so the disciples said, wait a minute, we need to know what you're talking about. And he said, it's been given to you. He draws a line and says, there's an us and there's a them. Now, when you become us, that means you're a contributor. That means you're an investor. And see, the disciples, they left families. They left homes. They left businesses. They left comfort and convenience. Uh, they left uh, any future uh, to follow uh, a, a very zealous person that's talking about bringing a kingdom, restoring a kingdom back to this earth, began to follow his purpose, began to follow his plan, didn't even really know who he was. Matthew chapter 16, uh, the Holy Spirit, the Father reveals to Peter who Jesus really is. He's the Messiah. He's the Son of God. He only speaks that by revelation of the Holy Spirit, not because he figured it out on his own. But they invested their lives in this man's ministry. Therefore, Jesus said, I can take you a little deeper. I can go a little further. I can tell you right now, the depth that you are willing to go is determined by what you're willing to give up. The depth that you're willing to go is determined by what you're willing to give up. You will not go deeper with God without being willing to give up more to follow him. And so our growth is always limited to our giving. And so he explains this parable a little further here in verse 18. I wanna read it to you in the New Living, in the New Living Translation. I wanna read this to you. I want you to, to see this. In verse 18, it says, therefore here, the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received seed by the wayside. 
He who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. I can tell you this right now, that it's not your initial response to the word of God that determines your outcome. It's your continual response to the word of God that determines your outcome. I'll say that again. It's not your initial response to the word of God that determines your outcome. It's your demands a response. We, 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 we say it this way at Anchor Faith Church, that whatever you hear, you now become responsible for. And it can be dangerous to attend this church. I'm just warning you. I should get warning labels for the front doors or overhead as you walk in. Give you a warning that lets you know that what you hear, you will now be made responsible for. And I can't speak for every church and I can't speak for for every place that has a sign out front that calls themselves church, but I can speak for this place and we will preach the word uncompromised, unhindered and unabandoned. And we will communicate the word in its truest form, in its rawest form for you to understand because it's only the word of God that you understand and apply that produces anything in your life. But from there, from this point on, from the moment you walk back out these doors, you are responsible for keeping it in front of you. I'm not coming to your house tomorrow say, hey, you want to read this verse together? Let me see what notes you got. Let's read them over. Let's talk about it. Let me see if I got, no, 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 no. That's on you. And the Holy Spirit is hoping, readily waiting, speaking to you on the inside, saying, let's look at it. Let's meditate on it. Let's chew on it. Let's not just get it in our mind. Let's get it in our heart because it's what is sown in our heart that will produce a harvest. In Mark chapter four's account of this same parable, further on down, he states the same measure of thought and study that you give is the same measure you will reap in return. So many times we demand a return off of something we have not yet invested. So it's not our initial response. We can come in here, shout, scream, yell, cry, throw shoes, move chairs, uh, run around the room, but it's what you do when you walk back out of this place that determines what the word will do for you. Amen. It says he immediately receives it with joy. This is the word on stony places, the seed on stony ground. But look what it says, yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a little while. That's a funny statement to me. Is it really endurance if you only last a little while? Only for a little while. Only for a moment. No, we want a word that will help us endure to the end. Jesus said, it's he that endures to the end that shall be saved. He endures only for a little while because tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. See, if I'm in the right environment, I'm protected from the wrong environment. If I'm in the right environment, I'm protected 
from the wrong environment. When things come that are contrary, storms, challenges, trials. I mean, if you have a crop, the the goal is to get that crop so rooted effectively and properly that it can withstand what comes later. You know, the tree, this is what I understand, is the longer that I'm planted, the longer it takes me to bear roots, the longer I will stand later on. You got a little tree, a little twig that comes to the ground, it can easily be uprooted. It can be removed when anything comes. Some of us have twig faith. And so a trial or a tribulation shows up and the twig is easily uprooted. All of a sudden we're mad at God, angry at God, don't understand why he's doing this. We forget all the healing scriptures. We forget his provision and his promise to us. And so our faith only lasts but a little while. But when your faith takes root and it goes down deep and it allows you to grow into a strong, mature tree, it doesn't matter what comes against it. You could throw a tornado in there and it's gonna remain steadfast, secure in the solid rock of the word because you've allowed the roots to go down deep. But he says here, he says here, when tribulation or persecution arises, he immediately stumbles. Now he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word. They choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. Notice he hears the word. Every single one, all four examples, they hear the word. You can put it this way. All four examples are in this room this morning. All four examples are in here today. All four, the choker, the, the ones that are choked out, they're not out there in the world running around. They're in church today. The ones that don't allow the roots to go down deep and, 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 and take root, get planted, they're in church today. All across the world, all across this country, filling houses just like this, hearing the word. The word that is sown uh, on, on, on the wayside and never, it never even gets down into the soil, they're in church. We're not talking about the world. We're talking about people that hear the word of God. And we still end up with a 25% return on investment. I just pray that Anchor Faith Church, that we are the 100%. We are 100% of the 25%. Do that math. (laughs) We are 100% of the ones sown on good soil. Everybody in here will will allow the word to take root and not just hear it with joy, not just be excited when it's preached, but then tribulation comes and it moves you off the word or or cares, deceitfulness of riches, uh, uh, the, the, the concerns of the world move you off of the word, but that you allow the seed to be placed in the proper environment. I know that when I disregard the environment, I neglect the potential. 
When I disregard the environment, I neglect the potential. When I abandon what is around me, I compromise what's in me. And I want us to understand today that there is an environment that you must place the seed in so it can produce what's in the seed. Worship team, if you'd come. I hope that through these series of messages that you'll understand so much of what God has placed inside of you. So much worth. So much value. Again, when I think about mothers, I think about individuals that are more invested in the best interest of those around them than themselves. I think of individuals that are selfless, give of themselves at the cost of their own lives. If you even think about what it takes to give birth to a child, to bring a child into this world, the Bible even says that, that the moment that the child is born, the mother forgets the pain that she endured to bring, but there's pain associated with that. Just to even give birth to life. And that's what God did for you. There's not one person on this planet that has zero value. There's not one person on this planet that can be disregarded and thrown out as having no potential. Every single person, they're sitting next to you, you work with them, you complain about them, they cut you off in traffic, they slow you down, they demand things of you, they challenge you, but not one person exists without value. But we should be doing everything we can to ensure that that potential produces. The whole goal from every single one of these messages is productivity. The whole goal is a harvest. Jesus was planted, not buried. Because when you bury something, you forget about it. When you plant something, you're discovering it. What has yet to be discovered in your life? What is yet to be discovered in your future? What is yet to be discovered in what you're capable of doing? There's books to be written. There's songs to be sung. There's people to be ministered to. There's things to be invented. There's challenges to be broken. And we have the keys. This whole series has been wrapped around the thought of potential. If you don't get anything else out of these messages, understand that you are a person of worth. You are a person of value. You are a person that possesses something greater than what you have already achieved. And it's where you're planted, where you're put, 
where your place, it has a purpose in your life. It has a purpose in your life. The dark places, the high places, the mountaintops, the valleys, whatever season, it's there to produce something in your life. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaith.austin.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.